Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Spiritual Tools. My name is Melissa Boyd. I am the host of Spiritual Tools. I am also a vibrational, intuitive medium and business strategist. Today is a um, recorded show, although it is going live on August 27, 2015, around the world. And I'm so excited to introduce my guests um, this evening. However, before I start, I just want to talk about if you're new to Spiritual Tools, welcome. And what I really see this show is, is it's, it's an, a collection of speaking with people around the world who are doing innovative things, and I am so thrilled tonight to have Andy Tomlinson with us, and I will talk about um, why and how exciting this is. But um, if you're new, just knowing that we are all vibrational beings, we are energy first, when you come to your center and you realize that we are all one energy, everything around you starts to change and shift. So part of my um, work in this world is to not only connect with your loved ones in spirit, but to bring you to understand that you have the energy and the ability to connect with your energy now. So I do have some upcoming events. I will be doing vibrational yoga. That's yoga and spirit messages, so channeling your loved ones from spirit. I will be in New England. I will be at Creating Spaces in Portland, Maine, September 12th and 13th. Uh, two separate days from 1 to 4.30. And we will be using the solfeggio frequencies to open up your chakras as well to really clear and cleanse your energy. In October, October 3rd or 4th, I will be at Greener Pastures in West Elmith, Maine from 1 to 4.30 as well. And if you're in Maine or New Hampshire, I do have a four-week series on unfolding your intuition, awakening to the now. And that's 6.15 to 8.30, uh, September 9th, 16th, 23rd, and 30th. So um, some exciting uh, events coming up. And we're really moving into an exciting time. There's a lot of big shifts on the planet. And as you know, that as we, as we really sink into who we truly are in this life, we will open up and, and ex- expand. So tonight we have Andy Tomlinson on, and I just quickly wanted to uh, share a quick story before I, I introduced um, before I introduce Andy and, and get us started today. So from the time I was eight years old, I had dreams of um, bombs dropping from the sky, and. Uh, I, from the 13 on, I really made it my mission to work on nuclear disarmament, which sounds like a strange thing for an eight-year-old kid to want to work on. And so I grew up um, really being active in looking at, uh, especially Japan. I was fascinated with the Japanese culture and just really wanted to, um, to, to be in Japan for some reason. I wasn't sure. And then years later, I ended up becoming the executive director of Physicians for Social Responsibility and worked on some, um, some laws both in the United States and international to halt nuclear weapons production. And at every core of my being, I felt this was the most amazing thing I could ever possibly do. And um, to this day, I feel like that's one of my gifts I was supposed to do in this world. 
However, I had trouble flying on planes, and I decided to go see a regression therapist, and I went and had this past life regression and found out that I had actually um, was a child, and I was, I was killed in Hiroshima and the bombings, and what ended up happening from that experience is that I understood it wasn't the plane per se, it was the sound of the plane that really triggered that memory. And since then, I've been able to fly without an issue <laughs> and um, was able to, um, to look at that. I tell this story because it's going to lead into my guest tonight, which is in Andy Tomlinson. So let me ask you this, listeners. Have you ever wondered if there is more to life than just one life you are currently living? Have you ever had the feeling of deja vu? Have you had strange dreams where you were someone else? In today's show, I will interview Andy Tomlinson, a regression therapist based in Europe who is bringing his training to the United States this year. Yay, I'm so excited. He describes his ideas of past life, life between lives and souls journey. It's different to the mainstream style of thinking. He is the author of a few books. The first one is Healing the Eternal Soul, which is recognized as an extremely valuable contribution and advancement to the regression therapy field. His second book is Exploring the Eternal Soul, which takes us further into the new area of life between lives. His latest book, Transforming the Eternal Soul, has just been published and includes a chapter on how the medical world are starting to embrace regression therapy. And um, Andy is a, a psychotherapist, a lecturer, author, and has been referred to as Europe's leading practitioners in regression therapy. He was educated at the Open University in psychology and began his practice with psychotherapy, but discovered the therapeutic power of regression and working with past lives. Since then, he has worked with many of the international pioneers in regression therapy and dedicated his practice in this area over the last decade. His book, Healing the Eternal Soul, is recognized as an extremely valuable contribution and advancement to the field of regression therapy. He lectures and writes widely and is also the co-founder of the Earth Association of Regression Therapy. He runs trainings and programs international internationally. Welcome, Andy. Welcome to Spiritual Tools. Thanks for being here today. Okay. Thank you, Melissa. So that's a lot of things <laughs> that you're involved it with, is. and especially, um, you know, tell us what what led you to um, to doing this work. Well, I went through traditional training as a psychotherapist and as a psychologist and none of it included a spiritual dimension and when I started practice I realized that there was something missing and I didn't really know what it was and someone gave me a, a book by a wonderful gentleman called Roger Wolga who was one of the pioneers in past life regression and I put it on my shelf I didn't get around to read it, and then one day I just had this urge to pull the book off the shelf and read it and thought, wow, I'd really like to get involved with past lives and learn more about it. And within a week, a little invite came through my letterbox inviting me to go to a, a one-day workshop and talk by the very same person, Roger Walger, and it was about half an hour from where I lived. And I thought, wow, that was 
an unusual <laughs> coincidence. And since then, I've learned that synchronicity that uh, that's where I'm meant to be. And when I went down and worked with Roger, I realized this is what I wanted to do. And, and since then, it's been a passion of mine to work and develop not only therapies, but uh, uh, just the whole awareness of past lives and how it can help people in their current lives. It's, I've read your books and amazing, amazing, amazing. And so, you know, you're talking about past lives. Is, is this something that are imagined or, um, you know, how, how, how can people understand the past lives piece? Yes. Well, of course, when people have had their own experience, then they can relate to it. Not the same as touching and feeling, just in the same way as when we have dreams, you know, we may know that they're real, but it has a different quality than um, uh, uh, than if like real life and using our senses. But some of the uh, aspects that people put down as making them real is that the stories are often a complete surprise to a person. For example, I had a client who was a Jew who was from Israel and had a big dislike for Arabs and went into a past life of being an Arab. And that totally transformed his thinking about Arabs. And yet that would have been the last sort of thing he would have expected for a story to emerge about a past life. Uh, Sometimes emotions and body sensations come through that are relevant to the past life. And again, this isn't the sort of thing that would happen if we were using uh, imagination. It's a little bit like the difference between reading a book and having a real-life experience. It's so much deeper when people do make these connections to uh, past lives. And also... People don't forget the details. If people are making something up, like a story for a child, for example, often they forget about it quite quickly. Whereas past lives, new little bits will come through at a later point, and it's always remembered. So these are some of the qualities that people put down to why past lives are real. You know, it's so interesting because in your book, Healing the Eternal Soul, you have a whole chapter on working with body memories. And I find that so interesting because what we don't realize, and and it it feels like from your work, and maybe you can speak to this, that our, our body memory does hold from life to life unless we release it. Yes. Um, I mean with some of the wonderful work that uh, Professor uh, Ian Stevenson has done, who was the, before he died, was the director of paranormal studies at the University of Virginia. Um, He found children who had spontaneous past lives also had physical marks that corresponded to the past lives. And he spent his life verifying the stories by interviewing witnesses and that there's quite a lot of very compelling evidence uh, through that work with children about how body memories and scars and wounds are carried forward from the uh, the past life. 
a lot of my work is working with the therapeutic use of past lives, but it goes further than past lives. It also includes the current life. And and people go into the body memories of both past lives and current lives, and it can be extremely healing when they, they do that. I mean, for example, I had a lady who felt powerless in uh, relationships and had been uh, physically abused as a child by her parents and then psychologically abused by her husband. And it's what psychologists call learnt helplessness. She she got into relationships and she just found she was unable to find the power within her to resolve the difficult situations that she was in. And when we, she was taken into a past life, it turned out that she'd been uh, an orphan mm. who'd been uh, taken from a workhouse by a wealthy gentleman who had abused her and she didn't have anywhere to go to. This was in uh, medieval England uh, and uh, she didn't have anywhere to go to. So she just endured the physical beatings and eventually she was uh, thrown down some stairs and ended up dying in a cellar with aches and pains all over her body. And part of the use of body memories is to enable a person to physically transform a body memory. And for her, the body memory from the past life was not being able to do anything with the person that was abusing her. And through psychodrama, she was able to push him away and uh, shout at him. uh, And uh, this was extremely profoundly transforming for her. And when she'd worked with some of the current life memories, she was able to stand up to her current boyfriend who was abusing her and say to him, treat me well or go, which was something she'd never be able to do. And she was able to move out of this powerless uh, position. And a major part of that was being able to go into the body memories and transform them. And and we know with the wonderful work that's happening in the world of uh, psychiatry now, uh, Bessel van der Kirk, who uh, is um, a psychiatrist at the Boston Trauma Center, advocates the use of body memory for post-traumatic stress and very deep trauma that seems very difficult to shift using talking therapies. And integrating body memories into the past life process is very, very therapeutic because often people find it easier to work with memories from a past life before they start to address painful current life memories. Wow. that's I love that. And, and you have a glossary in the back of your book, and I, I love what you say here. You say... Um, the physical wounds from the past traumas that are carried over by the soul are not healed in the spirit realms. They can be strongly imprinted on the next life physical body. And so what you just said is that we have the ability or we, through regression, we can release that and that pattern that's stuck there can open up and shift. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, 
the process that happens from a spiritual perspective is if souls have had a life where they've not been able to resolve the plan that they had, the, if you like, the lesson that they decided to work with spiritually in an in incarnation, then they have a desire to carry it forward into a, a similar situation in the next life. And bringing over the unresolved emotions and the physical wounds and and the soul brings that and it integrates into the focus of the new baby, um, it's simply so that the soul can eventually master life situations and move on and and in the process grow and evolve. So I have a question for you that I get all the time because I do a lot of different readings with people, mostly mediumship, and every once in a while I do get glimpses into past lives, although that's not my specialty, but people will say to me, well, if I had that past life, why don't I remember it now? Why do you think we forget our past lives? Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly children at a young age, are able to tune in a lot easier than adults. And we certainly know from the work of uh, Ian Stevenson, where he's worked with thousands of children who've had spontaneous past lives, that children are able to tune in to at least some of the lives, not necessarily all of them. But this process of, uh, if you like, coming with a blank sheet is quite useful because if we're children and we remembered our last life and perhaps we'd been a perpetrator committing some uh, uh, quite uh, uh, unhelpful things on other people, then for a young child to remember that would be quite overwhelming. So it certainly makes sense that while people are children or young adults, that their psyche isn't able to really fully understand and make use of it, that the process of um, uh, of not being able to remember them is very, very useful. And, of course, the other reason why the memories of what happens between lives is, uh, is removed is simply because souls are coming from a place of unconditional love and bliss into an earth environment where there's lots of um, difficult situations and uh, people with um, uh, you know negative emotions and so on, the you know young child would get quite homesick and want to go back and and mm. not stay in this world. So from a soul perspective, it's certainly helpful to have at least some degree of amnesia. Uh, while they're growing up. And if they want to find out more about why they're having difficulties in some aspect of their life, they can then choose of their own free will to find out about it. And they're in a lot better position to be able to make use of that in some positive way. You know, and I'm, I realize we probably should back up to our listeners and say, um, you know, some people may have never heard of regression therapy as a profession before. And um, 
maybe talk about, you know, how, how you work as a regression therapist with people and um, what, what the process is like for folks. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of ways for people to connect with past lives. They can do it through meditation, through listening to CDs. And there are lots of people who are perhaps hypnotherapists or able to use hypnosis to some level or other who are able to take people into experience their past lives. But when it comes to the therapeutic use of them, it is important that people work to a professional standard uh, because in the story that I told you about the lady who had powerlessness, for example, there was a lot of skills needed to work with that, not only exploring past lives but transforming them and working with current life memories and transforming those and working with body memories. And when people are working at such deep levels, it is important that they have a very comprehensive abilities uh, to work with. So I help work together with the other leading schools in this area worldwide to create an organization called the Earth Association Therapy, and we establish a standard for training schools, and there's uh, about 12 training schools now worldwide who are working to this standard. And they may use different techniques, and they may have different durations, but all of them cover the same areas, and they work to a, a professional standard, which is quite important because if you or I were to go to a medical doctor, we would expect them to have a professional level of training. And exactly the same happens if people are coming to bring about a therapeutic improvement. It is important that they know they're going to someone who's been trained to this very appropriate standard. I I totally agree with you, Andy, and I, I feel that same way about mediumship as well because I, I feel like, um, you know, when you're when you're working with someone, you know, with their body, with their mind, with their soul, really trying to, um, you know, help heal them, I, I do believe in the standard, and so I think that's amazing and wonderful that you're leading this effort worldwide is amazing. Um and and I have a I have a question for you about life between lives, um, and it's just something that in reading um, your books and watching some interviews on online, it's so fascinating to me because so many times when I'm in a session, especially if someone has say been abused by um, by a parent, or if there was a murderer that wants to come forward and say that they're sorry to this person that if they killed their child, they'll come through. And what I always think is amazing is that the spirit that's coming through that has crossed over will ask for forgiveness and then explain um, through this transmission that not only do they want to help heal the person that's here for the session, but it's going to help them to evolve to another level. And so that does that that leads us between the lives between lives work that you do is that would have you heard of this before yeah. happening as well? Okay, I mean there's two aspects to that. Um, the first is that 
what you mentioned is a very important part of regression therapy, and this is to be able to work at a spiritual level of allowing the client when they're in a deep uh, a trance to connect to intuitively to the souls of the other people, uh, the people that may have wronged them. It may be the parents when they've been in childhood. And just to give you um, an example, I had um, one of my students in Norway had 12 years ago had a big deep row with her mother and had left home and had never spoken to her since. And when she went into the regression, I enabled her to tune in intuitively to the soul of her mother. And she was able to have dialogue and find a resolution and completion and forgiveness through that dialogue. Mm. And within 24 hours, her mother spontaneously called her and said, now somehow I feel different. And they had a three-hour emotional talk and the mother arranged to come down and see her the following weekend. It, it's it's like when we work in spiritually and we're drawing in the souls of other people that not only is the client getting healing, but also the other souls that are involved in this as well. And this is what makes this work really special is that uh, the transformations that take place uh, can expand far wider than just the original client. That's incredible because I, I just I find that to be so fascinating. And you know, you, you talk about lives between lives, which is which is not something that we hear people talk about too much. Um can you okay. talk a little a little bit about that? Yes. Well this is really filling in the time between one past life and the next, and it's covering the soul memories that exist between it. Uh, One of the uh, major contributors in this area is a wonderful gentleman called Michael Newton, who's written um, a couple of books, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. And there were other pioneers before him who similarly wrote about the the between-life experience, But one of the things that makes this uh, particularly special is when people have their own journey, it helps them understand at a much deeper level why they're here, why this sort of life. Then they find that when they're in very difficult situations, it's something that they plan themselves. Uh, And it may turn out that a person who's a perpetrator or the person that they're finding a lot of difficulty with forgiveness for some reason in this life is actually a very close soul colleague and they've actually had a soul contract to come down and to work on some particular aspect. Uh, And then to just give you um, an example of this, I had a lady from Canada who flew over to see me and her husband had died six months previously and when she went into the between life memories it turned out that the past life that she had she'd committed suicide and when she uh, 
the first part of these soul journeys was meeting her spirit guide. This is uh, the spirit that oversees people's lives. We all have uh, spirit guides that do that. She met a spirit guide, and uh, the spirit guide reminded her that this was the third time that she'd committed suicide, where a loved one had left her. I mean, in the past life, her husband had gone off to war and had been killed, and she found it too hard to survive herself. And the spirit guide replayed the past life slowly and highlighted several opportunities that she'd had where she could have engaged again into life. People had been sent down to help her do that, but she'd chosen not to do it. And the spirit guide reminded her this was a, an important thing for her to work through. So she went off to a group of souls that she had worked with a number of lives before that are referred to as soul groups. And one of these was the soul who had been the husband in that past life. And they started to plan for the next life. Mm. And they thought of various uh, options. One of them was perhaps changing sex or uh, of losing a loved one when she was younger or later. But they decided that they would uh, have a life where she would be a, a female, just as she was in the previous lives. But both her and her husband would both be quite independent. And she would have a spiritual awareness that would just make it easier for her to survive the loss of a loved one. And it turned out that the soul who was going to be her husband wanted to work on the theme of patience. So her job was to slow him down when he was taking new business ventures because if he rushed into them, they'd be unsuccessful. But if he took his time and slowly plan them, they'd be successful. And that his plan would be to die at a younger age, and then she could then have the opportunity of working through the loss of a loved one. And even the children that were there were involved in the sole contract, and they were there to learn about the loss of a, a parent and to work through the grief. And they all incarnated, and that was the sole plan. And once she'd had the, uh, the Between Life session, she understood, and a lot of things all of a sudden made sense for her. And the spiritual awareness gave her a stronger spiritual motivation to, uh, to continue working uh, by herself and engaging in life, which is what she did. And she eventually uh, married someone else and uh, had worked through this particular difficult pattern. I think this is fascinating, Andy. And, you know, the, the other piece I would say is to our listeners is that, you know, you've been involved with, I think, thousands of these cases. And, and um, so this is not, so just to tell people, this is, this is not just a few places, you, cases you've been working with this, um, uh, both, um, you know, on teams and um, really leading this movement. And, um I think documenting the cases as well to show people that this is real um, is so important. And 
I, I find that what's so fascinating right now is that as a world, we're really evolving consciously. You know, yoga is opening up more. People are going to psychic mediums on a regular basis. They're, they want to know what their, their past life, their soul's plan is. Um, what, what do you feel is contributing to this, um, this movement of we're just, I, I, I mean, I have a theory that we're moving into a higher conscious realm, but what, what in your expertise, what, what do you see that this is, um, why this is, people are so enthralled by all this work? Yeah, well, I did some research with a colleague of mine, Lawton, and there was also that was a book called Wisdom of Souls, where we talked to a number of these evolved spirits on the Between Life journey that um, review the plans in order to make it more likely for them to be successful, and asked them a whole series of questions. And one of the questions we asked is, what is the biggest thing facing humanity at the moment? And I thought that it would be something like global warming or terrorism, or pollution. But what they said is the biggest uh, challenge for humanity is to wake up spiritually. Because if people become aware of who they are, that we are all connected, and that, uh, you know, if we're all connected, how can the right arm hurt the left arm, that it will transform the way we think about all these difficult areas. So anything that involves helping people go within and discover who they are is really important. And I think that's one of the biggest things that working with past lives and regression therapy offers is that not only does it uh, does it resolve emotional problems and physical pain, unexplainable pain, very, very quickly. But it actually helps people to discover for themselves who they are. That in the process, they become aware of their spiritual self, and it starts them on their journey of uh, opening up and becoming wide awake spiritually. I I love that. I I think that is just so beautiful because I I do believe that that's so important. And on my show, I'm always telling people, smile more. I blow bubbles in the grocery store, you know, trying to get people to open their heart and to really um, not take things so seriously and get so caught up in every, in this, um, the the materialism of everything. You know, I think it's, it's so, uh, so, so important. And I know that, um, that you have done some work with the medical world, and um, you know what what do what does the medical world think of all of this work, and are they coming around? What is your experience there? Well, the medical training really encourages the use of surgery and uh, uh, pharmaceutical products, and it also teaches that physical problems need a physical solution. So. Emotions, people's uh, thoughts, and of course the spiritual aspect are excluded from that sort of training. So it's really only medical doctors that are starting to break away from that that are causing a new look at how things can be uh, treated. Uh, I mean, for example, one of the 
A graduate of mine is a medical doctor in Singapore who's a practicing surgeon, a gentleman called Peter Mack, who's written uh, a number of books about how he uses past lives in the healing process. And he really shows the medical people that this sort of work isn't a threat, it's actually complementary. I mean, for example, mm. he had a client or a patient, as they referred to them, that had a hand removed because it got trapped in some machinery and they had phantom pain. So they gave them quite strong uh, morphine uh, and the pain still persisted. So the patient went in and had another operation to look at the nerves in case the nerves had been incorrectly uh, 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 treated in surgery. And the pain still persisted. So the patient was sent to Peter and he regressed her. And in this case, it was a current life memory of when the accident had happened. And there'd been a lot of anger that she'd felt about what had happened. And once he'd cleared and released the anger, the phantom pain left. And I think this is a lovely example where the medical profession needed to do their work with the surgery but they weren't able to deal with the emotional issues with it, and they needed a, a different approach to that. But this area of taking things into the medical world took a major step forward about a year ago, and I helped, helped create an organization called a SMART, which is a Society for Medical Advance and Research with Regression Therapy. It has a website, SMAR-RT.com if you want to find out more about it. Uh, but there's about 15 medical doctors on that that use regression therapy and past lives. And one of the first outputs of that is uh, a book that's uh, been produced in a healing journey, a medical perspective. <clears throat> And uh, five of the uh, medical doctors talk about their patients and how they've used past lives not only to heal emotional problems, but also physical problems and illness that was unresponsive to traditional medication. And, and they've realized that there's more to just treating symptoms and to reduce them with pharmaceuticals. But if you actually go and find out what the source is, and it's often a, an emotional issue, or a lack of spiritual awareness, and you resolve that, the symptoms just go away completely. So in that book, they talk about uh, their work, and also there's a, a major research project underway of using regression therapy with chronic pain, with pain that doesn't have a medical explanation, mm. but nevertheless still persists, and often there's an emotional aspect underneath that, which can be cleared with regression therapy. So through that research by medical doctors, it's possible to write papers that can be submitted into the medical world and change can happen. I mean, a lovely example of how change can happen is with meditation. Uh, and it took a number of studies and now the medical world have accepted that meditation helps reduce stress, helps speed up the healing process and it's accepted. And this is what we're trying to do with past life 
and regression therapy. I think that's so important. And in and, and one of the interviews I watched with you, you were talking about um, near-death experiences. And I love this example. You had told the story of a, of a man who um, had a heart attack and um, he was pronounced dead and someone had taken his um, his uh, dentures out and thrown them away. <laughs> and he, you know, they brought him back and he was laying in the hall and he saw the nurse, but he said, I, you're the one that took my te- You're the one that took my dentures. I saw you. And I mean, it's, it, there's so much, um, you know, information that's there that's, that is evidence, you know, it's real evidence that, um, that we can document and show. So it's, it's really amazing. And I know that, um, Andy, I know that you're going to be um, coming to the United States doing some um, training, so I'd love to um, have you tell our listeners where you're going to be, how they can get in touch with you, and anything else you'd like to tell folks today. I could, I could talk to you for 10 shows, <laughs> not just one, but um, what would you like to um, let our listeners know? Well, we're actually delighted to be into me one of the strongest spiritual centers in the U.S. It's an amazing place uh, about three hours north of San Francisco called uh, Mount Shasta. And as some people refer to that as the base chakra of the planet. The whole mountain is a high vibrational place of pure energy. And uh, we're doing our workshops in this amazing place. It's a series of four workshops of four days over a year period and um, we're able to uh, uh, not only uh, be in this amazing place but uh, to just enjoy the the energies of this place. If people just want to find out more about it, they can have a look at the website that I have it's called regressionacademy.com, regressionacademy.com, and it's got details uh, of that and uh, of the work that we uh, we do. Uh, there's already one program that we have in place that's running at the moment. We have people from Canada and different parts of America that are going to that, and um, we're now just preparing for our next uh, program that's starting this next April. Fantastic. Um, uh, you know, I always try to uh, think about this, you know, the the energy between, um, you know, mediumship and past lives, um, in between lives. And what I love is that, you know, your books have given me a new resource to give to my um to my clients, so I want to thank you for that because it's it's sometimes very hard to explain to folks who um, who are grieving a child who you know drowned at 12 years old. Why did this happen, and what yeah. what can I learn from this? And so I I really feel that um, that your work is really helping to give people hope to understand that and to understand that we are we are more than one person we are more than one life we are we are we are one any anyhow but this soul's journey piece and um 
Yeah, any any comments about that? Oh, well, absolutely. And if people are having emotions coming up that are causing them difficulties, I would encourage them to go through and find someone who can help them get a spiritual perspective through their own experiences of past lives. Because often once people understand why things are happening, it's often a lot easier to let go of those emotions. I mean, it's quite natural to feel grief or loss when a loved one dies. But sometimes if the emotions aren't dealt with, they can almost like have a life of themselves and it really affects a person and stops them from being a place of joy and love. And all of us have got the opportunity to be in that amazing place of, of peace and joy. Um, and it's when emotions come in the way and block it that we need to deal with it. And this way of tuning into past lives and working with them with therapists that have got the skills to do that is one of the ways that helps us move forward. Well, Andy, this has been such a treat, and I'm so grateful, so wonderful to um, to have you on the show today and to um, share your gifts. And please, everyone, um, healing the eternal soul, exploring the eternal soul, and transforming the eternal soul. Um, and, and the best way to buy your books is Amazon or on your website, Andy? Um, Amazon have got them, so if they type in any of those books or just my name, Andy Tomlinson, They'll find all the books pop up, and that's the easiest way to order them. Okay. I'm sending you lots of high vibrational light and joy, and thank you so much, Andy, for being on the show today. Wonderful. And uh, I just send out my love to all the listeners here and just to let them know that if they are having a difficulty at any time in their life, there is a solution for it. And if they go within they'll find a way of uh, moving through that. Okay. Thank you, Melissa, and thank you to thank all you, of Thank you, Andy. Lots of love to you. Okay. Namaste. Thank you. Okay. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, normally I interview people about 30 minutes, but I, I couldn't, I had to keep going with Andy. Just amazing insights um, about past life and spiritual regression. And I, I I do feel that um, more and more there are people waking up to this. And a lot of times when I when I sit with people, I sit with um, uh, people who have children, and I'm I'm channeling for them, and their their fathers are stepping forward that maybe died you know 20 years ago, and suddenly they're saying, oh your son, and they'll say the son's name, and the woman will say yes, and I'll say well he says that they talk every night, and um, the woman will say, you know, actually they do talk every night. And, um, you know, the reason I mention this is because I do believe that, you know, the spiritual awakening that we were just talking about is happening, and I believe it's happening with children. And so if you do have a child that is telling you that they're speaking to your great aunt Edna, I would say, uh, don't dismiss it, please. <laughs> um you know, be open to them because as children we do remember who we are or who we have been. Not always, but sometimes we do. And it's so important that we actually nurture that within children. And that's something I feel very, very strongly about. Um, 
The other piece I wanted to mention is I, I have worked with a group of children who have crossed over, and they've called themselves the Children of the Light. And if you um, have lost a child or um, if you have a child who's lost a sibling or a parent, I did um, develop these deck of cards that was downloaded to me spiritually, and they're called the Children of the Light cards. And they're messages directly from children who have crossed over. So um, you can find them on my website at melissaboy.net, and 10% of the proceeds does go to the Center for Grieving Children in Portland. And I would... um, I would encourage you to 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 um, tune into that as well. But I am just so so um, grateful to work with people who have had these traumas and also help them overcome them. So we do have a few minutes left, and what I'm going to do is you have asked on Facebook if I could do a little tap in on your energy system. So I'm going to tap into, and again, I do say your first name and then your birth date, so you will know that I'm I'm doing a mini reading for you. So Donna F., Donna F. with a birthday of 8-14-1964. So Donna, let's talk about your life code and your energy of who you are in this life and where you are in this life. So You've just had a birthday this month, so you're just shifting into a new cycle. And we're going to talk about that cycle with you, Donna. Okay, super, super. So, Donna, you are a four um, heartbeat vibration. And with the four heartbeat vibration, this really has to do with um, process and stability. So looking at process and stability, um, in, in who you are in this lifetime. Fours are very grounded people. I did feel, Donna, that you are a decision maker in this life, that you really make quick decisions. I also felt like people really rely on you, that people rely on you, they trust you, um, they connect with you. And your life code is a 24 slash 6. So 2 is cooperation and balance. 4, again, is stability and process. And 6 is the healer energy. I felt like even though you're a decision maker, you make decisions with your heart. I definitely felt that for you. Um, A lot of compassion around you, a lot of compassion for other people. This year for you looks like a real grow grow, uh, year for you. And I did want to say a grow year in terms of self-growth, growth for yourself. So pay attention to things that um, that bring you joy, uh, things that you can be more creative about because I did feel like those were um, that was going to be really strong for you. And Donna, when you move into 2016, you move into what we call your power year because whenever you're aligned with your life code or your heartbeat vibration, which for you is a four and your life code is a 24-6, amazing things happen and you're able to harness that energy that's within you and around you. So I do feel like, Donna, you're ramping up for 2016 being an incredible, incredible year for you. So um, compassionate decision maker. Uh, Also this year is um, lessons on receiving. So I do feel like make sure that you receive as much as you give. So that's going to be an important thing for you. So Donna, I hope that was helpful for you. Now I'm going to Kim H. Kim H. with a birthday of 6-14-1970. When I add the 6, the 1, and the 4, I, I get an 11. Um, 
And normally I just turn you into one number, which you are two, but I want to acknowledge the 11 because the 11 is one of those mastery numbers. Although there are several mastery numbers, the 11 is the double intuitive energy. So I would say um, uh, really dive into your intuitive knowing, Kim. I do feel like you're a relational person. I feel like you work with people. I feel like when you're passionate about something, you can make anything happen, intuitive as well. So I would say trust your intuitive gifts. Dive into those. Um, very, very big and important. Uh, this year for you could be a big shift because you're moving into a one, which is new beginnings. And um, hmm, I keep hearing career around you. So something about career. I see an orange light around you, which for me shows um, either career, business, or relationship, and I am feeling more career for you. So looking at career aspects and the ways in which your career could open up does feel really important for you. So I hope that was helpful for you, Kim. Now, wherever you are, let's go ahead and just do a, a little closing meditation just to kind of center yourself and because meditation really is that key aspect of ourselves that can really bring us so much deep joy. So go ahead and close your eyes. If you can, if you're not driving, or you can just listen within. And take some nice deep breaths in. And just listen to these words. Breathe them into your heart. I am one. I am one with the stars. I am one. I am one with the oceans. I am one. I am one with the earth. I am one. I am one with my soul. I am one. I am one with the trees and the bees. I am one. I am one with the whales and the ocean. I am one. When you embrace your oneness, when you embrace your now, you connect to all the parts of who you are. So live your life with vibrant blessings and vibrant hearts. And I send you deep joy and deep blue truth. And until next week, be well and namaste. And I want to thank Andy so much for being on the show. It was such a treat. Be well, everyone. Take great care.